This is KMTT, Kimitzion Tetzei Torah, and we're starting a, uh, another series of Shiurim on Pirkei Avot, a new series on Pirkei Avot from Harav Moshe Taradin. So the third Mishnah of the first parak of Pirkei Avot cites someone named Antignus Ish Soho. We have very, very little record of Antigonus Ish Soho. It's also fascinating to note the um, Hellenistic influence in his name, Antigonus Ish Soho. He lived probably in the middle of the second base Amikdash. He lives sometime after Shimon HaTzadik. Shimon HaTzadik was one of the last members of the Antigonus Agadola, so we can place him in around the time of Hanukkah. And he issued a statement that is extremely, extremely formative about our view and practice of Avodah Hashem. One could say one of the most formative statements in all of Chazal, and, sadly enough, and historically, sadly enough, one of the most splintering statements, because it was misunderstood. Um, very often, we have to be careful, not just about what we say, but how we say it, and, as unfortunate as it may be, to worry about how it's understood even if it wasn't our intention. We don't see Chazal critiquing Antigonus for saying it. In fact, the Rambam adopts Antigonus as Antigonus's statement. He reworks it, but he adopts it as probably the anthem of Avodah Hashem, the, the, the foundation of religion. But it was a very, very provocative statement, and it provoked many people to, to lose their affiliation with, uh, with the world of Torah mitzvahs and, and the slip out of the Jewish experience. What did Antigonus Ishtachal say? I'll tell you ke'avadim ha'mishamshim esarav ha'manas l'kabel pras. Don't see yourself as a slave of HaKadosh Baruch Hu who adheres to religion simply in order to receive a, a reward, a process of reward. In modern Hebrew, process of reward, of course. Where it comes from etymologically, there's some debate amongst the Rishonim. Ella... You should be like Avadim Hameshamshim Esarav Shalom and Asakabopras. You should be completely disinterested in reward. And the Mishnah concludes you should have a healthy dose of Yerashamayim. So it's an interesting statement on its own that religion is not meant to be oriented solely towards receiving reward. Um, of course, it flies in the face of so many statements of Chazal which speak about Sechar Mitzvah. So the Rambam reformulates Antigonus' statement, the very, very well-known passage in Hilchus Tshuva, the Rambam in the 10th paragraph of Hilchus Tshuva. <coughs> Tshuva is not really limited to the laws of Tshuva. The Rambam inflated Hilchus Tshuva because it really isn't enough material in Chazal, simply to speak of tshuva, for the Rambam, tshuva becomes a lens or prism through which we see the essence of religion, issues such as bechir achavshis, issues such as afterlife, freedom of choice, afterlife. And then in the tenth parak, the Rambam divides between the ideal form of avodas Hashem, which he labels ahavas Hashem, and the less ideal form, but still necessary, as we'll see later, called yiras shamayim. The Rambam clearly is adopting Antigonus' assertion 
but he reformulates it. It's an important reformulation. It'll help us understand Antigonus a little bit better. The Rambam first describes a religion based on Yerashamayim. He sees it as inferior, necessary when we first train religious fidelity, but still inferior. And then the Rambam writes, Parak Yud, Halacha Gimel, Ketzad Hi Ahava Haru'uya, what is the ideal form of Vodas Hashem, what is labeled as Ahava Hashem, Shiyahavas Hashem Ahava Gidola Yisera Azamiyod. You should love HaKadosh Baruch Hu with a passion. Actually, this is Halacha Gimel. I really wanted to read Halacha Beis. I'll start with Halacha Beis. I'll go back. Ha'oved me'ahava, the Rambam writes, what leads to that passion? What mentality, what attitude leads to the love of HaKadosh Baruch Hu? It's a famous question. It's a really twofold question. How could religion legislate emotions? Emotions either exist or they don't exist. And in particular, how can religion legislate emotions about something you can't see or you can't touch or you can't even imagine? So it's one thing if I were told to love a... a particular flavor. So I may not like it in the beginning, but it's an acquired taste. And if I am able to appreciate it in the right context and continue to build an appetite for something, for a person, for a food, for an experience, for something tangible, palpable, something experiential, then I can, in theory, be commanded to attempt to fall in love with something. But how do I love HaKadosh Baruch How do I understand Hashem? How do I fall in love with something I can never even imagine? So the Rambam is describing in Allah the mentality necessary for Avas Hashem, and then in Allah he'll describe the resulting passion. The Rambam writes, He adheres to Torah mitzvahs, very, very thought-provoking phrase, that Torah and mitzvahs aren't sufficient. It has to be something which is wedded to a person who walks in the ways of wisdom, whether that's academic whether just leading a uh, lifestyle of nobility and dignity, a wise and moderate lifestyle, is unclear. In the Sivos HaChachma. But the Raman continues, not for any external incentive, not because he's afraid of punishment, not because he's covetous of reward. Elo the Rambam writes, and it's clear that he's paraphrasing Antigonus, but the Rambam phrases it as follows. He does what's right because it's right. Self-sufficient, self-defining. Religion is not based on reward and punishment. The Torah makes no mention of afterlife, even though it plays such an important place in our religious belief system. The Torah doesn't mention it once explicitly. You do what's right because it's right. You see, religion is self and self-contained. That the scar, so to speak of a religious lifestyle is a religious lifestyle because that's the highest and noblest way to lead your life because that's the MS, because that's what redeems the human experience, that's what ennobles the human experience. And you don't live in denial of schar. Rather, and the Rambam writes, sov ha lavo biglala. Very interesting phraseology. The schar, whatever you merit, will come sov ha Lavo biglala. The tova. Notice the Rambam does not refer to it as schar. Sov tova. The end point of whatever bounty and uh, we'll call it reward. The Rambam doesn't call it reward. He calls it tov, blissfulness, prosperity. Lavo biglala. On its account. 
the Rambam is describing a religion that on the one hand is not solely oriented towards receiving schar as something artificial, but as driven by the recognition that religion is redemptive and that whatever schar does emerge will be completely natural, big lala, on its account. Namely, that olam haba, not schar,
Thank <laughs> you. 